right, here we go. Hold on. <laughs> I've got a mouthful. <laughs> I mean, you did have to wait that entire movie to eat the Twizzlers that you bought. Right? That's why I'm enjoying them now. Hello everyone and welcome to Sword of My Podcast. My name is Vincent Herman, then the human, sitting to my right. James Little Alpha Spectre. And once again, in what seems to be the newest segment of the show, I forgot to open the script, so <laughs> let's do that. Guys, like our nerd news page, Sword of My Comics, on Facebook, and follow Sword of My Podcast on Instagram. Check out Subject to Change Entertainment on Facebook and Twitter, and subscribe on YouTube and SoundCloud. You're checking us out on one of those while here, why not like? Comment and share. Guys, commenting, sharing, I love these things. I love engaging in conversations with you. I love knowing that you guys love this enough to let other people know about it. And that is the best way to help us grow. But, of course, all of our personal social media is down in the description below. James? Ben? Some things have changed around here, haven't they? A lot has changed. Uh, A lot has changed. Uh, Specifically on my face. Yeah, it's not there. All of that promotional material that we have, all of those thumbnails and shit. <laughs> you just fucked everything I just up. fucked all of it up. because, And we did just have the new show, While We're Not Writers, first episode up now. Uh, and Sean put together the, the thing with the Funko Pop versions of me and himself. <laughs> and I got a full beard. And now I've got a Tom Selleck-esque mustache. Vin is rocking the porn slash pedo stash. Okay, this is definitely not thin enough for pedo stash. So you gotta take that one back right now. In this day and age, pedos can have all kinds of looks. Yeah. You can say I have a pedo beard. You have a pedo beard? (laughs) (laughs) We should probably just omit that whole part. Sort of my podcast does not support the molestation of children. (laughs) Or adults. Why did I giggle there? That's stupid. Fuck, that's stupid. We're so stupid. Fucking hell. Uh, I'm not cutting any of that out either. (laughs) Uh, Just know that we recognize how fucking dumb that was. And we're kind of hating ourselves a little bit. I can see it on your face. You can probably hear it in my voice. I'm starting to turn on us. Yeah. Uh, You know what? I think we should eat shit and die. That's (laughs) Yep. That was uh, pretty bad even for us. Oh, yeah. That was bad. Anyways, I, I have heard Mario a lot. Of course, I've heard the porn stash a whole lot. Uh, I heard young Tom Selleck. Don't agree with it at all, but I'll take it. I'll, I'll sure as hell run with it. I'll right. use the hell out of it. <laughs> uh, but one thing I did notice, I was looking in the mirror the other day, and uh, I didn't have my glasses on, and I noticed, and I brought up the picture just so I could, like, like side by side, I totally look like Daniel Day-Lewis on the cover for There Will Be Blood. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, right, you're going to have to see that. Uh, guys, if you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. Not like you can see my face. But, I mean, I guess if you're on my Instagram, my Instagram's in the description below. But uh, I guess Odo's going to check this out. Yep. What have you been up to, though? No big uh, facial hair projects for you. No big facial hair projects. No... No big changes much of anywhere. I've been playing games. Yeah. Still haven't been reading comics like I should. Have you finished Spider-Man yet? Not yet. I, uh, 
not that this is a spoiler or anything, but I just got to the point where the Sinister Six come together. Yeah, we've known about the uh, Sinister Six for a while. Like, so. the first big chunk of the game, you're you're just going around doing shit. Yeah. The actual meat and plot of the game start where I'm at now. I, I just got to the part where uh, the second time you play is Mary Jane Watson. And again, that's not a spoiler. We've known that she was going to be a playable character for a while. So, not a big deal there. Uh, are you, yeah, you're going to... It's very enjoyable. Uh, oh, yeah. No, the game is stellar. We've uh, we've talked at length on one of the episodes about the game. Uh, fun as hell. Oh, Only yeah. gotten better. I mean, the more you go through the... And like we talked before, the suits that you discover. Yeah. Uh, I actually did go ahead and read... It was an uh, article about all, all the I suits that are in the I game. I don't want to hear anything too spoilery because I've, spe- I, like, I've got some videos saved to my watch later so I can watch them after I beat the game. So I'm, yeah. I'm specifically avoiding any surprises. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you all of the suits that are in there. Some of them kind of unexpected. Uh, yeah. Some of them... I can, you know, totally get behind support. It looks okay. Uh, but one of the suits that I really want to unlock is one of the extra suits. Yeah, like there are go, three extras, right? Yeah, there, yeah, there's a total of 28 suits. Yeah. Um, and three of them are, like, quote-unquote hidden. Yeah. Uh, and now this doesn't... It, this doesn't count the DLC suits that are going to come right. out and stuff. Um, uh, so this is 28 built into the main game. Yeah. Yeah. So I want... It's nothing spectacular. It's not any kind of a spoilery suit. Uh, you'll probably be kind of disappointed by it. Really? Yeah. It's uh, it's just, it's just a regular Spider-Man suit, but it's cel-shaded. It's... Uh, mm-hmm. It looks more like Wait, animation. Is rather this than... supposed to be for Into the Spider Verse? That Peter Parker? I don't know, uh, but it's like it's it's like the regular Spider Man suit that you start the game in, except it's got that like more cel shaded animated yeah. look to it, which I guess it looks really good when you play the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unlike the Batman animated series costume for, uh, I think it was Arkham (laughs) City. Yeah. I was so excited about that, but then when you actually play with that suit, God, it looks fucking ridiculous. Well, I guess there's a lot of contrast between the suit and the game when you play, because you have that more realistic look of the world, Mm -hmm. and then this very, like, almost like it jumped off the page of a comic. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and call it now. I haven't seen it yet, and I won't until I unlock it, but uh, I'm sure this is probably playing on Into the Spider-Verse, because they're advertising that hard. And Into the Spider-Verse, as as we've seen from the new trailer, which we're going to talk about later, mm-hmm. uh, it, it mixes uh, looks and genres. Spider-Ham, who's in this new trailer, he is 100% like cartoony, and yeah. uh, you can see differences in Spider-Man Noir and all of that, so yeah. I mean, even even Spider-Gwen has... I think hers are more subtle. Yeah, Incredible. but we're gonna talk about that later. Uh, right now, we are gonna jump into trailers, but the first trailer we're gonna talk about is uh, X Men: The Next One. <laughs> Dark Phoenix trailer finally came out, I guess. Um, and how do you feel about this, man? 
<laughs> like honestly. Do how much do you remember about Apocalypse? Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember enough about Psylocke. Yeah. Uh, I I kind of remember the final battle only I and really only because you first uh, you see the first glimpses of the Phoenix and then Charles loses his hair uh, and stuff. So. Like I remember that stuff. I remember a lot of the stuff with uh Quicksilver. Um especially yeah, like his right. part in that final fight where he saves all the kids in he the school. He saves all the kids when the school's I know up. that Jubilee was there. She was not really much of a part of that movie. I think you remember more about this than I thought. I remember more about it than I thought. <laughs> uh, I mean, I I do vividly remember when Angel got the metal wings. That part was cool. I don't remember that at all. Uh, it was in some kind of a fucking warehouse or something. I don't know. Yeah. But it was cool. I, I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, but that's about it. That's about it. Um... I can barely remember first class. I, you know what? I actually remember a good bit about first class. I think you're more invested in these than I am. I think I am yeah, too. That's wow. weird. <laughs> We're learning things about Odal here today. Right? The Spectre's got a thing for the X-Men movies. I mean, these ones, they, I have enjoyed them. Uh, it's, granted, the first three we got, they kind of ended on a shitty note with Last Stand and not really mm -hmm. doing much with what they had. Yeah. Which seems to be a trend in the in the third movie of these first franchises. They just drop the Yeah, ball. these early Marvel attempts and stuff. Yeah, uh, not even 3. really so much Marvel attempts, uh, but the variety of studios who owned Marvel properties attempts. Yeah. Yeah. But this one, you know, I, I feel like it's going to lead us into a good spot. Um, you know, obviously mm. the actress that plays Jean Grey, I feel yeah. like she's been doing a good job. And she looks like she could play this really well, especially... Uh, I don't know, I, I, man. Do you Game of Thrones? Yeah, of course I watch. I, I, I feel like she's capable of doing that. Like She's that capable switch. of more than what I'm seeing in this trailer, yeah. at least. Because... There are moments when she's crying in this trailer. There are moments when she's supposed to be angry. And I couldn't tell you the difference between any of the expressions during these scenes. It all looks like the same look. It's almost like Kristen Stewart. The difference is the tears. You see tears. And I think when she gets angry, her nose crinkles a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, guys. She just got like two crinkles. She, if she goes three, we're fucked. Uh, but it, let's talk a little bit about the source, uh, the source material of this trailer, the, the meat and bits. Uh, it looks like Jean may have killed her own parents, so yeah. that's, that's a pretty interesting um, element. And later in the trailer, we see some of the X-Men around a grave. Yeah, who do you think is in that grave? I think it's Cyclops. Really? Wait, what? No, he was at, didn't they flash to him with an umbrella? Did they? At the funeral? I think I they did. There's a lot going on in that trailer. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's Cyclops. Um, maybe. Maybe. But they'd just be copying Last Stand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? So, they have a habit of this shit. <laughs> so, that, would, that would bring the movie down even more in my estimation. Because uh, it's bad that I hate these movies. I've gone and seen every single one in theaters. And I really enjoyed Days of Future Past. Mm -hmm. But... The other ones are just so forgettable. Like, I feel like they're... 
I don't know. They just don't have enough substance for me, which is which is not what you want from an X Men movie because right. the X Men are dynamic. They're outstanding. They they're interesting and intricate, and they have this really they're uncanny. They're uncanny. <laughs> uh, one thing that I noticed this time around watching it was uh, it appears that we get Nightcrawler. Yeah. Um. Uh. Because we had uh, who was it? Azrael. Yeah. No, no, Azrael's a a Batman thing, isn't he? No, uh, Azazel. Azazel. Yeah, yeah. He was able to do the the Bamp thing. Yeah, uh, uh, from First Class, right? Yeah, yeah. But we we haven't had Nightcrawler. I don't think we have was... either. It may be another thing I forgot from uh, it might be, <laughs> from Apocalypse, but uh, as far as my recollection, I've not seen Nightcrawler since the Last Stand, so. No, no, I think he was in Apocalypse. Was he in Apocalypse? I think, shit, now i got to look it up. Okay, well, you're looking that up. Uh, I do want to talk about the uh, the one thing I liked from this trailer, and that was <laughs> the exchange between Charles and Magneto, where Charles says, I'm sorry, and Magneto says, you're always sorry, Charles, and there's always a speech, and no one cares. I loved that. That yeah. was like, fuck you, Charles. Like, I, mean, I don't that, know why. That I... is a perfect dynamic between yeah. the two of them. I, I love Patrick Stewart, Professor X. And I dig, pa- uh, uh, not Patrick Stewart, but Professor X in the comic books. But man, there really is just something unlikable about James McAvoy's uh, uh, Charles Xavier. Like, something I just cannot latch on to. And maybe it's because of his youth comparatively because yeah. when you see Patrick Stewart in that role there's all there's this definite father figure uh aura to him something you can latch on to that feels comfortable and safe but this guy I've seen him lead the fucking teenagers and all these like young impressionable mutants into shit and he's constantly wrong and he's constantly pretending like he knows better than everyone else and just hearing Magneto say that to him I was like yeah fuck you Charles <laughs> you fucking spe- speech making bitch just shut it down shut your bullshit down I almost want the Brotherhood of Mutants to win I'm like you know what House Am all the way uh Although I don't think it was House of M mutant related. I'm not. I'm not aware of what that Marvel event was about. I'm not either. I know Spider Man had a suit. <laughs> I only know that because we saw it today at uh, the comic book store. We saw a figure with it. Yeah. Are you giving up on this? Like you gave up on looking up the Tom Selleck thing? No. Oh, is he? Oh, he yeah, is an okay. He was in Apocalypse. Nightcrawler I, was in Apocalypse. I we, guess I don't remember as much about it as I thought. Totally fucking forgot. Uh, I do have a little bit of side news here, unless you have anything else to bring up about the trailer. Nope. Okay, a little bit of side news uh, tied into this. Uh, Simon Kinberg, uh, writer and director of this movie, Dark Phoenix, confirmed in an interview with IGN that despite the Fox and Disney deal going down. Fox is still moving ahead with their X-Men spinoffs. The Multiple Man movie they got announced. Gambit, which they've been trying to get off the ground for seven decades. And uh, X-Force. that was supposed to come out this year. Oh, no, they pushed it back again. Pretty much every six months, just assume there's going to be Gambit news. (laughs) And it's going to be them pushing it back. That's fair. uh, fair. And then X-Force. Yeah, they, they still entirely intend on 
moving ahead with their X-Men properties while they got them. But it's all going to get ripped away from them. Yeah, like, I mean, there's, like, no point other than to cash in. Like, let's see what little money we can pull out of this shit. And you know what that means? You know what that means? Is because they have such a small window to do these three films. That means they're going to rush them out. They're going to be fucking garbage. But everyone's going to go see them, especially Gambit. We've waited so fucking long for that one. Everyone's going to go see them. They're going to be trash. And that's going to kind of be fucking Fox going like, Good luck, Disney. We burned that bridge. <laughs> uh, let's talk about something that is actually pretty exciting. Uh, pretty funny little Harley Quinn animated teaser showed up at New York Comic Con this year, along yeah. with the announcement that uh, Kaylee Kuko... Uh, Penny from mm-hmm. The Big Bang Theory is going to be voicing Harley Quinn in the series. Yeah. And uh, at first, when this when this teaser hit, I was like, "Oh shit, no, that's just straight Penny." But the more you get into it, like the more she embodies the character, and she has that hint of the Brooklyn accent, but she doesn't lean full force into it like pretty right. much everyone else has. Uh, which is an interesting move. What do you think about that? Is Harley Quinn Harley Quinn without the accent? I think it can be. Uh, you know, obviously there there is a a tone and you know an accent and everything that we have come to be used to. An attitude, really. Yeah. Yeah. But there again, if she can nail the attitude of Harley, you don't need that heavy Brooklyn accent. Yeah. Because, like you said, it's still there, but it's not like New York and you know. <laughs> That was god-awful. Don't do that one again. <laughs> you know what that train is? That train's here to take away that fucking accent. <laughs> well, unfortunately, there's no loading station near here, so... Uh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you, though. And uh, what we saw in this little teaser, I think she did. She kind of embodied her. Yeah. Like, uh, the, ma- the sporadic attitude that is harley quinn god that fucking train is louder than usual isn't it right doesn't that feel louder holy shit sorry about that guys yeah, we're not what you think do you think that train is louder? <laughs> tell us in the comments, comments down below uh poison ivy though uh they take quite a few shots in this uh mm-hmm. in this whole thing poison ivy taking the first one at the fans yeah which i loved uh, pointing out that they do they do fucking hate everything. And guys, we're going to talk about something I was very disappointed in later. But <laughs> even then, I found something to love. So, like, uh, you know, chill the fuck out. Uh, the second one, they take a shot at the Deadpool cartoon. Probably my favorite one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, really, that was their only competition in this show like out of like comic book based adult animated series who else was gonna stand toe to toe with harley quinn deadpool now that's not happening (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) see how well that went we saw that uh the last thing they take a shot at themselves yeah about the whole dark grim dc universe and shit uh and i love harley's little site that is a great way to do uh, TV and movies, but that's not going to be this. <laughs> uh, yeah, promises comedy, gratuitous violence, and that we will piss ourselves. So I'm going to be waiting for that. Probably invest in some depends. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
because DC has been delivering it on some promises when it comes to everything but their DCEU movies and or worlds of DCEU. And mustaches. And mustaches. <laughs> and, and finally, do you know the voice of Batman? No. In that, in that little teaser? That was motherfucking Diedrich Bader. And doesn't sound familiar? No. Okay, there, there are a variety of things, uh, and I think people listening, Bob would definitely know where I'm going with this. <laughs> he would have already blurted it out. Uh, you may recognize him from the Drew Carey show. He played Oswald. Oh, no shit! Yeah, he was Oswald. He, uh, he was also in Office Space. He was the, mm. the neighbor. Uh, but he was the voice of Batman in Batman Brave and the Bold. Really? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. didn't know that. Yes, and that, that was him in this, and uh, I've already checked his IMDb. He is billed as Batman in the Harley Quinn animated series, so yeah. That's awesome. So that's pretty cool. Diedrich Bader reprising his role. Uh, I mean, it would have had either been him or Kevin Conroy. I don't know if it has to be. There's enough, player, be. There's enough players on the board. It has to be. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Not these days. It has to be. That was pathetic, but that's uh, that's what I think about your subject uh, subject for that. My subject to change attitude. <laughs> your subject to change attitude. Uh, sure, <laughs> I can't think of a better topic to lead us into the you bubble. Can't think of a better way to change the subject. I I can't. Speaking of changing, we got another trailer for Bumblebee. See, that would have been a really good transition if I hadn't stumbled into it, like, head first. So we're going to transform this subject from animated into live action real quick. Yeah, that's much better. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, we got a new Bumblebee trailer, guys. Looks fantastic. It does. Uh, Even more exciting than the last one. The last one gave me hope more than it did excite me. This one excited me. Uh, You know why? Why? Because motherfucking Soundwave. Because motherfucking Soundwave and, and, and Toy Slash Show Accurate Optimus Prime. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then fuck me if I can never remember the goddamn uh, transforming panther's name that pops out of Soundwave. But... I don't know. I yeah. Remember. But that was I there, too. Remember. And it popped right out of his cassette tape chest. Here, here's what... Here's what kind of gets me about this, though. Hmm. Uh, I'm excited for it. I've been excited for all of the Transformers movies, even though they yeah. haven't really all been great. Ardle, Ardle, don't, don't let them know how dumb you are on mic. I am going to appreciate pieces of my childhood pro- brought to the big screen. I said I was excited here's, for all of them. I didn't say I enjoyed the shit. I've never seen one of them. Here's the thing, though. They didn't bring... Any of your childhood to the big screen, aside from some names, and they totally fucked those up. They brought the original voice actor for Optimus Prime. Fuck you. Yeah. But no, no. One of the issues that I have with this is they are on the the Autobot home planet, right? Yes. No, there are scenes on Cybertron. It looks like we're going to spend a little time there uh, during the wars and shit. But here's my issue. They all had to come to Earth to get the disguises as the semi truck, the cassette tape, or the the stereo. No, 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 no. Jet. There's a. uh, They get 
their forms. I, you're thinking of more of the movie lore where where they can come to Earth and scan something and then turn into it. They're on Cybertron. They can get scanned, and the uh, scanning thing—I don't know what it's called—will assign them a form based on their like how they're built, and that's why some. Build. That's uh, that's why some can do triple changes. We saw two triple changers there. They go from plane to car to their Autobot form, Autobot or Decepticon. I don't know which designation these two fall under. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. It has been a long I'm time since I watched sure, the cartoon. I'm pretty sure they're going to be Decepticons because they they seem are to be looking Bumblebee. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. hunting Bumblebee for sure. Uh, oh man, there's that one part. In the trailer, I loved this because uh, I like John Cena, uh, both in the wrestling world and yeah. uh, pretty I, much as an actor. I have enjoyed him point. as an actor and yeah. everything I've seen him in. Uh, and there's this part where he throws down the girl, uh, whatever the fuck her name is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Bumblebee gets pissed. And yeah. we see a, a showdown shot of like Bumblebee. And John Cena, and it looks like John Cena's about to fist fight this fucking Transformer. <laughs> and I want to see that go down. Like, yeah, because he throws her down, and then she's like, B, fight back. Yeah. And oh. he goes, like... Well, she's telling him to fight back, and he's, like, still getting dragged away. And, yeah, and then, then he, he throws her down. puts his hands down. Oh, yeah. Changes, stands up, and he's going to fuck some shit up. Oh, he's about to ruin John Cena's day. The champ is there. Like uh, that uh that was a really bad wrestling joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really bad. God, we're on fire for this episode, we, aren't we? We probably should just set ourselves on fire. <laughs> At least we'd be more lit that way. I, oh nice. <laughs> that uh, that ought to bring in the young crowd. Ah. <laughs> uh moving on to the young crowd, uh we're talking Miles Morales here. In the new Into the Spider-Verse trailer. Uh, This one... Fuck. This this movie has looked better and better with each bit of everything that has come out. And I've been starting to get a bit of a soft spot for Miles Morales again. Like, I was reading his Spider-Man run when Marvel did their all-new, all-different. And Mm -hmm. it was great. Uh, I had to drive it for financial reasons, never picked it back up. Well, for me, it stagnated. It got... uh, it, It was in this time... For a while there, like, every Marvel book was, ed, like, heavy and depressing. And I yeah. I was reading Amazing Spider-Man because it was it was really great. Dan Slott, right? Oh, yeah. Son of a bitch. It, but at the same time, there was a lot of shit going wrong for Peter. So that was already the depressing Spider-Man book, kind of. And so I went over to Miles Morales for the fun. And it was for a while. And then they started writing it a lot like Amazing yeah. Spider-Man. I'm like... This is not what I'm here for. Like yeah. I don't care about this family drama. I mean, between that, what we're, what we're getting of him in the Spider-Man game, uh, and then now with Into the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. I'm excited. They I, I are mean, leaning heavy on Miles, and I, I dig it. Well, and the thing is, I can understand that because he is a part of the MCU. Yeah, he he has been officially confirmed. He is a part of the MCU. Yeah, by by mention. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, once you become a mention in the MCU, you are a part of the MCU. Like, yeah. he may not have a, an actor cast or anything like that, but he is officially there. And they also went as far to say that um, Peter's friend, 
the the fat Asian kid. I can't think of his name. Uh, not Gonke. No, but that's that, what we call. Is, but he is Ned. Yeah, yeah. That Ned. that is essentially Gonke. Yeah. Uh, but that or not essentially, they've said that's who that is. Yeah. So, you know, all of the elements are there, but now we actually have something focusing on it. Mm-hmm. And even though it's not MCU. Or would this be MCU with it? Uh, with it, with it being a cross-dimensional film, I don't see why it couldn't be ceremoniously considered uh, part of it. But I don't see like it crossing over. I don't see Miles Morales coming out of a portal in Avengers Five or something. No, you know? no. So like, yeah, that, that's gonna be like one that. of those things that they they probably lead into with the films if yeah. they go somewhere like now, that. Now, now speaking of this uh, this into uh, the Spider Verse being plugged into films, do you notice a lot of familiar scenes in the first part of this trailer? Yeah. Yeah, specifically of the Sam Raimi uh, Spider-Man films. Mm-hmm. And we do know that this mentor, Peter Parker, he comes from another Our dimension. He, he comes, from what I'm gathering, the Miles Morales universe is the ultimate universe. Yeah, because and... we, we did, I don't want to spoil that. We did see a little, little bit more well, of the movie now. In but in the trailer, we yeah. see Ultimate Green Goblin. We see Ultimate Scorpion. Yeah. We see all those villains. So, but we never had it necessarily confirmed. Is this Peter Parker from Miles Morales's universe? Is this Peter Parker from a different universe? And this trailer gives us that answer. He comes from a different universe. So this could very well be a Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Who <laughs> is Tobey Maguire voicing him? No, no, oh, no, that would have been great. That would have been great. Like, that doesn't mean that it can't be. That's right. Because all the scenes from his universe are straight from the Sam Raimi. Yeah, films. And, yeah. You know, save the day, save the day again with the yeah, car, yeah, with like the car and the train and the, the train, the car coming through the window, and like there were a couple others in that little like montage right there that were from the first few films. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, but that's also not. A part of the MCU? No, yeah, it's a different. <laughs> technically, it's a different it's cinematic a, universe, yeah. and, and so is the Andrew Garfield one. This so, is I mean, so, so I mean, all of these different Spider-Man, and then getting this into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. They even referenced the the shitty Spider-Man popsicles. They did, which are in real life here. But to uh, further expand on your mention of all these Spider-Man, this trailer also shows us a variety of the different Spider-Men that are going to be in this movie. We've already talked about Gwen Stacy, who comes from another universe also. Uh, we got to see Spider-Man Noir, uh, voiced by Nick Cage, which I can't wait I for. I think that's going to be fantastic. Yeah, we got uh, Penny Parker, a.k.a. SP forward slash forward slash DR, or Spider, uh, who debu- uh, Who I do have a little info. I, I, I look, dug into this. Uh, she debuted in 2014's Edge of the Spider-Verse comic. Hmm. Yeah, she was a part of that event, so that's where she came from. Uh, and then the comic relief, Spider-Ham. Probably the best thing about this trailer. I, the Okay, I enjoyed the first trailer and everything that we got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's but, like, been this good. trailer, it completely and totally hooked me for this movie with Spider-Ham. Yeah. I have, like, I don't have any comics of Spider-Ham that I know of. But 
I have always enjoyed the idea of this character in all of these different universes that there is a pig Spider-Man <laughs> and the Peter Porker, the clip. Or, like, the scene where they're all up on, on the, the ceiling, ceiling yeah. and they're moving back and forth, and someone's, like, sitting in that computer chair. Yeah, they're love. trying to avoid this person's and gaze. They, that person sees them, and Spider-Ham's the first one to speak up. It's like, does this dimension have talking animals? Because I don't want to... I don't want to freak him out. <laughs> As if, you know, six yeah. spider people on the ceiling wouldn't be enough. Yeah. One of them's a talking fucking pig. <laughs> like, I, I think this is going to have so many great elements. Yeah. It's going to have that... Well, the villains, you mentioned them earlier. God, yeah. they look so great. That, awesome. uh... The the one that we've seen, there's Prowler. We got to see... I am fairly certain that that's Prowler on that yeah. motorcycle. We got to see Prowler, we got to see Scorpion, we got to... I think we that's the lizard. Pretty sure that's the lizard, the big green monster one. Like, I, I wouldn't... No, the, the big green monster, the flying one? Yeah. No, that's uh, Ultimate Green Goblin. Oh, shit. Yeah, uh, like, in the Ultimate Universe, Green Goblin is a literal beast. We've got uh, Wilson Fisk in here. So we may be seeing the ultimate Sinister Six in this, uh, but yeah, no, nah, this looks great. Uh, they've they've already had me sold. They've yeah. got all my money. I cannot wait to go see this thing. Uh, uh, I'm in. Yeah. I'm definitely in. Uh, uh, this is something that I will probably try to take Abby to go see. Yeah, uh, this is this is going to be great for kids too. Fantastic for kids. Like yeah. this is fun for the whole family. The whole Marvel family. So, I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. Another thing I'm very excited for, because you know how much I love me some Star Wars. We're going to move on from trailers into the news, and we got a few first looks here. Uh, first thing we're going to take a look at, we've got a title, and a first look image, and a synopsis, and a list of some directors that are going to be a part of the very first ever Star Wars live action series, uh, which executive uh, producer John Favreau posted images for on his Instagram recently. So I'm going to go ahead and bring these up now. Take a look at that. This oh. is our main character of the series. It looks fan fucking tastic. Looks really good. Uh, what do you What do you think he is? Uh, let's set the scene here. We we see a guy in Mandalorian armor, kind of a rust red. A uh, little bit of a grayish blue cape uh, under uh, armor and all that stuff. Uh, walking down a what looks like somewhat of a market and or residential street. Uh, what could be, I don't know, maybe Tatooine. Uh, it could I mean, easily that, be Tatooine. Uh, that does kind of have that vibe to it. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think's going on here? I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> that could just be him walking around the set and someone snapped a photo. Well, like I mentioned, we do have a synopsis. I'm going to go ahead and read that off for you now. The synopsis for The Mandarin is that after the stories of Jango and Boba Fett, another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe. The Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire and before the emergence of the First Order. We follow the travels of a lone gunfighter, in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. So he could very well be a gun for hire. 
Yeah. Uh, we know for a while that they've been wanting to do a seedy underbelly of the Star Wars universe, uh, possibly a bounty hunter driven show. Absolutely be there in for that. Yeah. Uh, some of the series <laughs> directors, though, like I mentioned, we got a list of some of them. The three most prolific uh, are Dave Filoni. As I pointed out on the show before, he's been the guy in charge of the Clone Wars. Yeah. And uh, he's in charge of Star Wars Resistance coming up, uh, Star Wars Rebels. Uh, and a name anyone listening to the show should be familiar with, Taika Waititi, is going to be directing a, a, at least one episode of this. The uh, don't, are you kidding me with it? Like you don't know this name, Odal? No, I recognize the name. You recognize it, but uh, I can't place it. Black Panther. Uh, Black Panther director. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh no 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 no. Oh, no 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 no! I done fucked up. I done fucked up now. Thor Ragnarok. And he also plays uh, played the voice of Korg in the movie. Oh yeah, I'm, uh, I'm down. I'm yeah, down. yeah. There's there's a lot of good going into this. Uh, I know people are getting burnt out on Star Wars and stuff. Well, they can go fuck themselves because this is <laughs> gonna be awesome. Uh, another thing now, we gotta look at while we're out in the reaches of the galaxy. Oh let's, yeah, uh, take a stop here at Krypton. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah. Uh, we're going to stop by Krypton, specifically Season 2 on the Sci-Fi Network, and take a look at the first image of Lobo, who will be appearing in the series in that season. Which, I'm Whoa. a little disappointed that it's not one of two people. Really? I It, it either should have been Jason Momoa. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Rob Zombie. What about Ron Perlman? No. No? no. Really? Uh-uh. Oh, I, I don't... <clears throat> Looking at Ron Perlman and then trying to envision him with the wild hair and the dreads and the the biker look and everything else that's going on, I, I just can't picture that on him. Really? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, we did get this first image of uh, our main man, uh, Emmett J. Scanlon, who's going to be playing Lobo in the second season of uh, sci-fi's Krypton, and uh, what do you think of this? I think it's perfect. It's it's great. We got we got the chain going up the arm. We got the red eyes. Uh, the makeup's on point. The hair is on point. The costume is on point. Everything about this. The only thing, the only thing that they could have done would have been take this and put it on a guy about twice that size. I don't know. Uh, I mean, this is just an image, so we don't know his stature stacked against some of the other characters That's in the true. show. That's true. So he he and, could be big and beefy. Yeah, you you come across that in professional wrestling a lot of times. You'll yeah. see these guys, and you see them interacting with each other, and you see some are obviously bigger than others, and so you get it in your head that these others are probably around your size, but then you see them in real life, and they're fucking towering over you. <laughs> you know. So this may be just one of those things where it's just a single image of him by himself. We don't know how yeah. he stacks up. Uh, and he's more than likely going to have some lifts in his boots. I mean, uh, oh, sure. Lobo has... I mean, Lobo has platform boots. Yeah, so... I want to see the bike. Yes. Yeah. Where I is the bike? the bike? Hashtag, where's the bike? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's gonna be it. Uh, moving on from there, though, we also got another first look at a very anticipated character. Brendan Fraser took to the stage at New York Comic Con uh, to show off the first official look at his character from Doom Patrol, 
Robot Man. Uh, however, there were some leaked set photos which I came across, uh, but before we get to those, let's go ahead and look at the photo that was released from Comic-Con. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. We got the uh, the the one photo that's been making the rounds ever since it was announced that Robot Man would be in the series uh, is of a Robot Man on the uh, subway uh, next to the costume that's going to appear in the show. Uh, so just from this image, what are you thinking? I think it looks great. I think it looks perfect. I think it looks goofy. But not in a bad way. Like, right. it, like it, it looks like it should. The, and, and the Doom Patrol has been notoriously called the world's oddest superhero team. Yeah. yeah so, uh, like, the fact that it stands out that much and is that weird is mm -hmm. just perfect. And it looks incredibly comic accurate, which you can see from these set photos that leaked a while back. Uh, first... Just to prove that it is Brendan Fraser in the costume, I found this photo with I've his seen mask that off. One. Uh, so we do have that confirmed. He is playing the character. A lot of people were thinking he was just going to play the voice. That it was going to be CG and all mm. that. No, that no, is not the full case. Practical, because we see this shot here. Full practical costume on set. It looks great. This is full body too. So like nothing is hidden. We got boots. We got the ripped. I love the detail with the rips in his jeans and the mm -hmm. robot knees. And yeah. Shit. Yeah. He looked fantastic. It they did a good job with this one. Yeah. It just gives me way more hope for the show, uh, which I was already pretty into the idea of, especially because I'm I'm not too well versed on Doom Patrol myself. So I, I'm, I'm not quite as much. I feel like Bob would probably be the best one. For yeah. Doom I feel like he would know more. A, Grant Morrison did a big run on Doom Patrol, so I feel yeah. like Bob would be the one, if anyone, to have read that. Didn't uh, that No, 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 no. There was an original run in the 60s. Grant Morrison had the run in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on from there, though, we're going to go ahead and talk about our first look at the Aquaman suit, which director James Wan availed at uh, New York City Comic Con. Uh, with a five-minute extended trailer. We decided not to talk about this trailer at length, but we have both seen it. What are your feelings? Quick little thing on that. Uh, as far as the trailer goes, I could have went without the first extended scene Yeah, uh, being extended. Like, give us that little bit, some of the imagery and all that. Uh, the chase, I felt like it, the rooftop chase was a good one to include. I think uh, it's fine, but... I... <sighs> See, me personally, I could have done without this entirely. Without the extended trailer? Yeah, it, it they already had my money. I was already excited. Uh, they had done a real good job of putting this one together. Yeah. And this, this trailer cemented that. I didn't hate it. I, I loved it. I had a good time watching it. Mm -hmm. uh, I got to see a lot more stuff. I'm way more secure with this movie now than I was with the last trailer, which I enjoyed too. But I, this is just unnecessary. Yeah. It didn't like need it. This, this trailer, I feel like, does a good job at showing us the the character development that he is going to go through in this movie. Mm -hmm. uh, especially if it kind of goes chronologically from beginning to end of trailer to beginning to end of movie. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we're going to see him mature a lot. Yeah, and we also got to see a little bit more of Mara's uh, Aquamancy. Yeah. <laughs> what is, is that what it's called? Yes, Aquamancy. Yeah. Uh, I, I loved that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. as far as the, the costume goes, fucking love it. Oh, yeah. Let's take, let's take another look at this son of a bitch right now. Uh, right there. 
fuck, that is amazing. From the fins on the boots, the gauntlets, the comic accurate trident, the colors, everything. the Aquaman symbol on the belt. It is everything but his hair. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but still, yeah. Which, no, just, in newer continuities, he has the longer hair. Well, he does have the longer hair, but he's fucking blonde. He's always been blonde. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, the, okay, yeah, they gave him blonde tips. What the fuck ever. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I get it. But uh, that being said, that is really my only gripe with this movie so far. And I will argue this. Maybe it wasn't technically unnecessary for everyone uh, that this extended thing came out. Because, you know, these movies have a bad rap now. Yeah, and, of, and I feel like that's what they were trying to do with yeah. this is be like, here are some actual full, you know, yeah. mostly full-size scenes from the movie, yeah. you know, showing different naysayers. Take five fucking minutes out of your day, check this video out, you know, if this doesn't get you in the seats, whatever. Okay, we can't, we can't help it then. Uh, yeah, it was, it was really to lull people in. Yeah. Um, so everything looks, looks good on this though. I can't wait. I, I'd even, uh, just put in... Uh, a bunch of Marvel Legends figures for Vin, uh, and some Justice League figures for Vin, uh, into Layaway for Christmas, uh, and I skipped over the Aquaman ones. They had them out, they had the Black Manta, they had this suit, yeah, and I skipped over them, and now after seeing that video, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna put those in. <laughs> He doesn't have an Aquaman, so let's uh, let's do that. But yeah, it looks fantastic. Can't wait to go see this one. Uh, but that is going to go ahead and lead us in to the phone booth. It's time for the news. The phone booth news. Where's my phone booth news? You got your timer up? Did you get your timer up? No, let me reset the timer. Now you're ready to go. Okay, guys, that means <laughs> it's time for the public news. <laughs> Where we try to give you the news faster than Deadpool can save the day, which gives us three minutes, 45 seconds. Odo has his timer up. Uh, hold on. Get rid of some of the spit here. <coughs> Wait, hold on. Wet the whistle a little bit. Get rid of the spit. Wet the whistle. Get some more spit. Make some more spit. Get rid of that. Alright. Whenever you're ready, go. In video game news, Telltale Games is sadly closing down, but may be able to finish The Walking Dead Season 4 due to interest from potential parties. Vader Immortal, a Star Wars VR series that is a three-part series for the Oculus Quest, was announced and will debut in 2019. Bethesda announced the beta for Fallout 76 will go live on Xbox One on Tuesday, October 23rd, and on PlayStation 4 and PC Tuesday, October 30th. Minecraft Dungeons has been announced for PC in 2019, and the mysterious Pokemon that's been appearing in Pokemon Go has been revealed as a brand new mythical Pokemon named Melton, a steel-type Hexnut Pokemon. Meeting Melton in the mobile game will serve as a key to getting it in Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu. In comics news, Dark Horse Comics announced plans for a Minecraft graphic novel set for release summer 2019. 
Brian Michael Bendis has teased a DC Rebirth debut of The Question for Action Comics number 1005. The sequel to Batman White Knight, Curse of the White Knight, has been announced for some time in 2019 under the DC Black label. In TV news, the CW's Arrowverse crossover finally has a title. The three-night event will be called Elseworlds. Jeff Johns announced that the Deathstroke and that Deathstroke and his son Jericho in time will appear on DC Universe's Titans, which has been renewed for a second season ahead of the October 12th series premiere. That's good news. <laughs> Netflix announced plans for a Chronicle of Narnia series and possibly films. And new cast details released by the streaming service list actor Wilson Be- uh, Bethall as playing Benjamin Poindexter in the upcoming third season of Daredevil, confirming Bullseye as a villain for the show. In movie news, Sean Gunn told Tulsa World that uh, Disney has every intention on using James Gunn's script for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, while Bradley Cooper, in an interview with Joe, has shut down rumors that he may direct the third film. Birds of Prey received a release date of 2020, as well as three casting announcements. Mary Elizabeth Winstead will play Huntress, Journey Solomon Bell has been picked to play Black Canary, and Rosie Perez will be portraying Gotham City detective Renee Montoya. A live-action Mega Man film was announced to be produced by Capcom, while Disney has taken their live-action remakes one step too far by announcing plans for a live-action Lilo and Stitch. In other news, The Room's Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero have recreated the interrogation scene from The Dark Knight. Check it out now on TheNerdist.com or on their YouTube channel. And that is the news. Ah! Twice in a row, you nailed it with about a minute to spare. There we go. I think that was my best one. I only fucked up once, and I laughed when you chimed in. I don't have to laugh as a fuck up, because I hit hit the ground running. You did. You did. I'm proud of you. Anything you want to talk about from there real quick? Just a real I'm quick rapid fire. Really surprised to see Titans get get a second season before the first one comes out. Yeah, before the first episode has even that hit. almost never happens. Yeah, like, well, you, no, it never happens. I mean, <laughs> it's yeah, a little... I, I have never heard it's of It's a, a little cocky. But, I mean, the thing is... They can do that. It's mm-hmm. their streaming service. It's their property. I even saw the and, video where this got announced at New York Comic Con. Uh, it seemed like it was almost announced by accident or begrudgingly went into. Some <laughs> of the actors were surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and even, um, I, oh, who was it? Jeff Johns was the one who announced it. Uh, he even was like, I think that's news for some of the people on the stage, too. So, uh, congratulations, guys. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was fantastic. I mean, if you take a step back and think about it for a second, why the fuck not? Right? If, I don't if you know, know if you WB, have something good on your hands. I don't know if WB is tied to this at all. Even, I don't so think I think this, I, I think this is all just DC driven. And yeah, you're right. They can do whatever the fuck they want. They're yeah. like, hey guys, we've been greenlit for the fifth season. We're not going to do the third and fourth though. <laughs> We're just going to jump <laughs> like, ahead two years. They could, they could pull a Rick and Morty. It's like, you know what? We're going to renew for ten seasons. <laughs> yeah. Seven seasons. Come on. They were they were renewed for seven. They were renewed episodes. for seven, but it'll put them up to ten seasons. So you know, oh, guys, yeah, yeah. we're gonna renew up to the tenth yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Right. 
right there. Uh, yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of cool news in there, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, just everything we mentioned except for the Lulu and Stitch thing. Yeah, that's a little. Eh. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> we don't need it. I'll watch it when it goes on Netflix. Mm, I don't even know if I'm gonna watch it then. I've been on board for every live action remake they've announced too, and this is the first where I'm like, yeah, no, fuck that. I just want to know like, how they're going to do the aliens. CG, you know how they're yeah. going to do it. Unfortunately, though, guys, that leads us into the somber part of our episode. Um, every now and again, a legend is born and uh, brought into this world, but before they can become that legend, they have to pass through this mortal coil and become our fallen heroes. And our fallen hero today, we pay homage to the famed producer of A New Hope, and The Empire Strikes Back, Gary Kurtz. Kurtz got his start as an assistant director on Monty Hellman's Ride in the Whirlwind, a low-budget 1966 Western starring a then-unknown Jack Nicholson. During the decade, he served as a production manager and assistant director on a number of genre films uh, before leaving Hollywood from 1966 to 1969 to serve in the Marines during the Vietnam War. He would then go on to work with George Lucas on American Graffiti, the Star Wars films, and help produce other classics like The Dark Crystal and Return to Oz. Gary Kurtz passed away from cancer at the age of 78. So we lost a legend there. We owe him a huge bucket of thanks because he was, he was a crucial part in making Empire Strikes Back, from what I know the the well-shaped movie it was arguably arguably the best of the franchise in yeah. my book it is and so personally i i love gary kurtz for that and uh we we sadly mourn his passing but uh we are also here to sadly mourn another thing and that is the venom movie <laughs> Guys, we're not doing a comic book this week because Vin and myself went to see Venom. Yeah, actually, yeah, we, this, this afternoon. We, we opted for it. a movie review over a comic book review, mostly because we're both having trouble reading our comics. Actually, no, that, like every time we say, like, this is the comic we're going to do, we put that ahead and we, we always get to it. So it's not so much a problem of getting to read comics, it's just that we didn't really think to pick one and that we were going to see this movie anyways. Yeah, and <laughs> so. we, we try to do movie reviews, and the past few yeah. I've had to miss out on. Well, and uh, I, I, I don't want to do them by myself as single episodes anymore. Uh, that's yeah. why you haven't seen any. Well, no, <laughs> like, I feel like if any one of us were to do a movie review or something like that by ourselves, uh, we are presenting a very biased review. Yeah, there's no back and, and so forth or anything. with the two of us, Vin and I are usually on contrasting ends of the spectrum when it comes to we're a lot of films. <laughs> you know, we're, But we're both able to point out good and bad to each other yeah. to kind of bring our levels closer to each other. Now, we will go ahead and say this. This is not a spoiler uh, warning right now. We are going to do spoiler-free. Uh, when we get to the spoiler warning, we're going to give you a, a well enough chance to jump ahead. There are time codes down in the description if you want to skip and, and get to the end of the spoiler discussion. But uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about the movie as best we can without spoilers first. Vim's an alien. Vim's? Venom. Oh, I thought you said Vim's, and I was like, ah, uh, it's Venom's an alien. Okay. <laughs> Moving on from that derailment. 
Did you hear that sound? Because uh, it should have been louder than what we were hearing earlier. Hey. That train just went right off the track. There, there's no train out there. We must have derailed. <laughs> yeah, good one. Fuck, you're way better at this than me today. I'm nailing phone booth news, but failing at the fucking other things I'm usually like good all, at. All the little quips and everything yeah. have been over in my in my. Yeah, they've been today. over on your side of the table today. Uh, yeah, guys, uh, we saw Venom. Um, uh, what do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about characters? Let's yeah, talk about characters. Let's talk about characters, which is arguably the best part of the movie. Hmm, arguably. I mean, let's okay. let's talk about Eddie Brock first. Eddie Brock, I Eddie think, Brock, is where we arguably agree. the best part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely a, a favorite character. Yeah, I think he's bipolarly uh, comedic. Like there are some moments where, like the, the bulk of the film, he he portrays this personality that makes it really stand out when he's being funny, and when he and what like what I mean by that is like. Okay, like uh, when he's in the hospital the first time and stuff's going down and, you're, and he's asking the questions and stuff and that's fine. The second time you see him in there, he's that guy and then every now and again he'll irk into like a <laughs> type joke. I can't quote anything uh, because as you guys will find out, I, I think this is going to be ultimately a forgettable movie. Yeah. I think down the road, you ask me six months later what happened in this film i'm probably not going to be able to tell you specifics but yeah i i feel like he was a little all over the place with the comedy yeah i mean one of the things was he was very nonchalant about a lot of it uh like i feel like a lot of it a lot of the things and like i even pointed out people behind us were laughing their asses off yeah i'd chuckle a little bit you're sitting there with no response whatsoever deadpan during most of it (laughs) yeah a lot of it was you can definitely see the the smart ass eddie brock yeah and that's that's the the comedic edge to the character that i like the smart ass, the the guy who's not just gonna the flinch in the face of controversy or something, you know, like that that edge lord version of Eddie Brock. Not okay, edge lord is not the right yeah. term. I just thought about what I said, but but the guy who's not afraid to push the boundaries, even if it means making a joke and stuff. So that that was enjoyable, especially yeah. early in the film. Well, and then it's like, you know, they're one of the scenes that we've seen in the trailers. Uh, after he, as Venom, confronts the the guy pointing the gun at the store clerk, mm-hmm. and he goes back to Eddie, and he's like, "Yeah, sorry, I just have a parasite. Have a good day." Yeah, we yeah, and we saw a, this. In the that's trailer, a very yeah. good nonchalant, like smart aleck Eddie Brock. Mm-hmm. And but there was also a lot of I, I was I was trying to figure out what he was doing with his voice at certain points. Yeah, it was it's like you know, it, was, it, like a, uh, it was kind of muppety, kind of a little muppety. I, I wouldn't necessarily say muppety, but it was just like he was. He had a cold, like <laughs> he he. It was almost like he lost his voice for a little bit, and he still wasn't like full force. He's like. You know, I've had this guy up beside me this whole time. He did a lot of like mumbling yeah. and a lot of that, and it just kind of. 
I mean, if you guess the words, she's kind of talking. And then, and this is what I mean by the bipolar thing. He'd do that, and then he'd go right into his own voice. And maybe you can argue it's like, oh, because he's got the Venom symbiote, but it all happens so fast, well, that, as many things in this film. Yeah, do, uh, is that it's like it's not a. It doesn't feel like a gradual progression. It feels like it's coming out of nowhere. Uh, let's move on though. We'll talk about his ex fiance who I fucking hate. God, she is. You don't find any of that out in the the trailers. You don't find out oh, she shit. becomes his ex fiance yeah. until it happens. God, you don't really see her in the trailer. No, though. like just barely. Okay, hold on. I know how to. Uh, moving on. Uh, Moving on from there, though, we can, uh, well, no, we can't really talk about this female character because she didn't really make an appearance in the in the trailer. I mean, we can we can talk about her because we all we all know that Eddie Brock has a love interest. Uh, Did we? Because I had no Eddie fucking Brock idea. Kind of always had on and off girlfriends. And yeah, stuff. but that's that's with comic you know, book knowledge. I, as far as this film goes. These trailers didn't give me any indication that there was going to be a female love interest. There's one more thing that the trailers hide, like the quality of the film. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, not, I'm probably going to cut that comment uh, out. Because uh, I really don't want to say any of that type of stuff until we get into spoilers. But, so, I, what I can say about this character, I hate her. Everything she does all throughout the film, hate her. She she makes decisions on a fucking whim, illogically, oh, the way no one would ever think about any situation. Uh, she's part of the reason things just seem to happen. Like, the yeah. pacing of this film is fucking off. And I just, oh god, I, I just don't want her to be there. I hate I hate her, I hate her, I hate her. Let's talk about the villain of the film, though. Riot. Uh, I can't remember the doctor's name. I can't either. <laughs> but uh, Riot, a.k.a. big billionaire dude who's basically Elon Musk. The, the founder of the Life No, Foundation. he's Elon Musk. Like, uh, there are a lot of political listen, undertones in this He didn't send a car into space. He sent a rocket into space, okay? No, but he sent... They said specifically he sent three rockets... One came back and failed. That's exactly what fucking Elon Musk did when he was testing out the uh, the new propulsion systems. Uh, on his... Yeah, two came down well, fine, one fucked up. And it only fucked up when it hit the platform. We're not getting into the whole political thing here, but I'm just saying, that doctor is Elon Musk. <laughs> so anyway, furthering my, furthering my theory that Elon Musk is a fucking super... <laughs> but... Moving off of there, talking about the character in the film, I he he was he's hard to peg. He's hard to I peg. I don't know. Like he was pretty easy to peg as a your typical supervillain. He is a sociopath through and through. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, your but, textbook. You know, sociopath. he's he's doing what he thinks are the right things. For the right reasons. But, but what he's really doing are all the wrong things for what he views like the good of everybody. Yeah. 
Well, he, and therein lies my problem with his writing because he say he says things so dissociative from the human condition, like he's trying to make things better for the symbiotes more than he is human. But anytime he talks about his, but anytime he talks about his goals, he's talking about humanity. And yeah. not in a blanket, like, trying to cover his true intentions way, but, like, that's his actual passion. Uh, and he just seems to have these flare-ups that contradict his actual motivations. Which I think is why it's very fitting for the Riot symbiote to, to be with him. Yeah, but I also don't think it's on purpose. I think it's just accidental bad writing. <laughs> Could be, but uh, all but... of... Like, and we even see that during a certain scene, you know, where his anger is brought out with Riot. Yeah. But let's talk a bit, a bit about Riot, because it, Riot is just Venom. They just are, are on different sides of their goals. Riot wants the symbiotes to come. And... And, like, and take, take, take it, it, Is this too much of a spoiler? It could be, because I don't know if anyone knows anything about the synopsis of this. I don't think they actually put out a true synopsis <laughs> for this movie. They did. It's like, hey, guys, Venom oh, movie. Boy. You're going to watch it now, because it's a Venom movie. Yeah. You don't need to know what the plot is. We don't even know what the plot is. I, yeah, come to think of it, I have had no fucking idea what the plot was this entire time, up until we actually saw the film. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. All we knew... <laughs> Is that it was a Venom movie. That's all we um, knew going into this. Holy shit. Uh, let's talk about the uh, symbiote girl, the the doctor. Dr. Dora something or other. Yeah, whatever her face is. She makes a prominent... She's uh, pretty prominent in the trailers. And uh, she will probably be one of the most forgettable things about the film. Except for the whole symbiote-symbiote uh, thing. Yeah. Which... They corrected in this film because the whole film she says symbiote instead of symbiote. Everyone says symbiote in the movie. Yeah. The scene where in the trailer she says symbiote, she says symbiote in the movie. They buried that fucking mistake. Yeah, they quick. did. Uh, the thing is, they buried that. There were some other things they probably should have changed up as well <laughs> yeah. but uh, let's, now let's, let's talk about plot without talking about the details of the plot because that may constitute a spoiler i'm okay. not sure you but, know what you know what just to cover our asses there may be potential spoilers from here on out no no no, 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 no. I, I, I think we can get into spoilers uh without or i think we can get through this without any potential spoilers so no uh, fuck that spoiler warning uh, just your opinion on how how cohesive was the plot? How, like, do you feel like it was sensible? Like, it was it was uh, a driving force for the film, or do you feel no. like yeah, it, no? it really wasn't because this movie starts and we don't really have much of a driving force for anything. Okay, so without saying anything, Eddie fucks up. Eddie fucks something. His, up life, in his life crumbles. Yeah, and. From there, we kind of just happen upon happenstances. Yes, this whole film is built on happenstances. But as all this is happening, there's no real plot. There's no real driving force for the movie. Even once he... Now, the symbiotes are the only once, one with a plot. Right. And, and that... But, well, now... Uh, 
the the main bad guy, he the uh, scientist, whatever the mm. fuck his name is. Yeah, he has a driving point. You know, he has the plot. Yeah, and you know he and wants to do services what he wants to do for humanity, which it services the, the plot of the yeah. symbiotes. Yeah, and you know when when all of that happens, Eddie and Venom come together. Then his driving point becomes getting the getting circumventing the, the villain's plot. Right. And then things just take a rapid twist. Mm-hmm. You know, it no longer becomes about that. And now here's this it completely hard. different plot yeah. for the last 25 minutes of the movie. It pivots pretty hard there. Um, okay, anything else you want to talk about non-spoilers? Uh, let's talk about the effects. Um, they weren't bad. They weren't bad. I they mean, they really were. It, did you notice that maybe Riot looked a little better than Venom? Well, I, I think the reason that he looks a little bit better is because of uh, I, I want to say like the color scheme, mm-hmm. the the black and white of Venom, the the sinewy bits, all of that. Right, there, there's right. only so much you can do there. Whereas Riot, he had that bluish silvery look with the black and then like the red kind of strewn in here and there uh the well, way that riot's head was laid out it had that line down the middle it's, it's, he not had just more that. detail not just that but when when we see riot up until the big fight in the film which we saw some of in the trailer yeah. so it's not a spoiler uh like he he feels like he's there, like he's a physical presence in the film. Whereas Venom, through ninety percent of this, like it is the uncanny valley. You feel like you're looking at CG. Uh, and, and I think a part of that is because a lot of the, well, I can't say a lot. I'd say probably about half of the Venom action that we get comes from Eddie and the sinews coming out mm-hmm. from Eddie. And that's not to take anything away from it. One of the one of the best things in this is some of the special effects. It's yeah, like the way they they played out the symbiote powers, really good. I it, that's one of the enjoyable things. And I know we've been shitting on this a little bit, so let's say a little bit of good without spoilers before we get into spoilers. Okay. I love the action in this, the especially the fight great. scenes. Yeah, like, there is a car chase scene which we see in the the trailers that was kind of boring to me. It was too drawn out. Yeah. There, there was a lot of cool things that we saw the symbiote be able to do for Eddie without yeah. actually being. Venom. Oh yeah, and some of the you ways know, they use the symbiote, uh, like abilities. the tendrils and all that coming out. You know, that, that fight scene in his apartment. Yeah, yeah, where where the guys come for him with the guns and stuff. That was so innovative. Like the the and, moves and stuff that happened in that scene is, were fantastic. Uh, Tom Hardy's reactions through all this were great. Like his facial mm. expressions were of surprise oh, yeah. and everything were spot on. And I'm not gonna say any of the acting was really bad per se. Um, and was I, I mean Tom? Yeah, she was about the only one that was kind of bland through this whole thing. Yeah, Tom Hardy though nailed it. He's yeah. a great actor. No, like nobody was going into the saying the opposite. I think, but yeah. uh, so I mean, yeah. you know, as far as far as all that goes, the uh, the use and reaction of the symbiote was was great. It was mm-hmm. very like you know that kind of stuff happens with these symbiotes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so. All right, let's go ahead and get into spoilers here. Guys, this is your spoiler warning. We're going to give you a little speech here, and that means that 
you need to get the fuck out because if you're still hearing me talk about spoilers, you're you're either woefully disobeying your own wishes or you're dumb or you don't care or you saw the movie. One of those four things. It's Ladies one of and gentlemen, from this point forward, there will be spoilers afoot. God, you popped that pee so fucking hard. It, you popped that pee and it went a it, little silent. It did. <laughs> don't worry, guys. Let me, let me I, I, that again. I fu- nope, nope. You only get one. <laughs> uh, guys, I ordered pop screens. We actually have some legitimate equipment coming up. You motherfucker. We have some legitimate equipment showing up. Uh, should be here soon. So the next episode, we're actually going to have pop filters. Woo! Yeah! You're not getting rid of so much garbage from us, uh, other than our dumb voices. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, that, so that was our whole spoiler warning. From here on out, you're fucked. So, you know what? So... All right, what do you want to what do you want to start first with spoilers? Oh uh, you know what? Let's God. just let's just get right to the plot of everything. Let's get to the, the, the fucking plot, plot of everything. The All plot right. has no direction, no line. Well, let, let me try it, and and connect some dots here as best as I can. So we start out, we've got Tom Hardy, his uh fiance, they're all like lovey dovey blah, blah blah but Tom Hardy is this like take no shit reporter and he's known for pushing his boundaries just to get like to the truth of the story because he doesn't want to be pushed around by the news cycle of shit blah, blah blah fake news all that this is where some of the political undertones yeah. come in but and his fiance is a lawyer and so he takes on uh would be Elon Musk and uh by- Which just so happens to be a client for the firm that his fiance works exactly. for. Exactly. So he sees some stuff on her computer that gives him a little bit of material to go into this interview with uh, not Elon Musk. Uh, NME or uh, NEM. We're going to call him NEM. You know what? He's a nemesis. Nope, I'm calling him NEM. That's, that's what we're doing. So he goes into this interview with NEM, brings up this stuff. And ends up getting fired from his job. He gets his fiance fired for her job, which, which is which spawns her to just completely oh drop. My it. God, this fucking part drives me insane. Because here's the thing: they're having dinner like uh, the night before or whatever, and he she basically asks him to be good. You know, this is important to his career, and he he flat out says, "Fuck no." Like, he, he, he's like, no, that's not going to happen. You know me. You know how I do. I'm not just going to let this guy, like, breeze through a, 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 a nice interview. Carlton Drake. Yeah, I'm going to stick with them. <laughs> and, uh, and she's like, okay. And then she bangs him. And that's it. She doesn't give him any fight on his his standpoint. She seems to understand it. She seems to go like, well, that's just daddy. And, and he goes and does his thing, and uh, surprise, surprise, it does exactly what she was afraid of, but seemed to not be so afraid of when she was fucking him. And she totally calls everything off. She breaks it off like she hates him. Like a like like this was the she biggest goes from being in love with him to complete and total disdain for this man. Like he raped her mom on a pile of pictures of her. Like, that's the reaction I'm getting. Like, she had no fucking idea this was going to happen or was even a possibility. Uh, I'm going to take a quick side note. Um, We're going to be a little all over the place as we work Uh, through the the plot. We mentioned earlier that there was a a failed spacecraft 
landing that was the one containing the symbiotes mm-hmm. and they went on to list the oh yes this was like the, the first part that's the, the very beginning of the movie very beginning of the and movie they they, made, they bring back the symbiotes well one of, one of them survives and they call him jameson and it is in fact j jonah jameson the third oh my god what a fucking waste because here's but the thing he didn't die here's the thing that happened well we don't know that Here's the thing that happens, uh, just to cycle it back, before all that bullshit with Eddie and his fiance, uh, we open on space, and a spacecraft is coming back into Earth, it has a rough landing because something gets out of containment, obviously one of the symbiotes, uh, wait, which one got out of containment, was it Riot? Yeah, it was Riot. Yeah, it was Riot. Riot gets out of containment, fucks up the landing, and uh, they go to they go to get it, and it's infected one of the uh, astronauts, which who just then, happens to be James Jonah Jameson the third. And then he rises up, and it, the symbiote switches to the paramedic. We don't know what happened from there, but it seems it, throughout the movie, it seems like the hosts of the symbiotes die. Well, but the thing is, on that. Uh... On the document that was emailed to Anne, it lists the names of the astronauts. And he was not on there. there. uh, Fair enough. And part of his like transformation to uh, was it Man Wolf? Uh, That's right. Yeah, you did say Man Wolf in the theater. Yeah, didn't think about the correlation. It comes from one of his trips to space. So we could see that later on down the line if they keep this element in play. They do have a Morbius film in the works. They do. Oh, I think we just stumbled onto something. Okay. So anyway, Uh, moving on from that. Moving on from that, they break up in the dumbest fucking way possible, and uh, we we jump ahead six months. Six months. Now, okay, this is good. Here, yeah. Here's the problem with this six month time span. Okay, typical things happen in San Francisco how you think they would after a yeah. breakup in six months. That's not what the problem is. The problem is when the riot symbiote latches on to this paramedic, she starts walking. She and, finds her way to is, a village. This, this is happens. six months prior, not six right. months Right, this in the is before. Yet. Yeah. And she finds her way to a village, like walks to this village. What is it, a Vietnamese village? Uh, uh, Hong so. Kong. No, it was Hong uh, Kong. Something like that. Because I remember the airport was uh, Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in that marketplace, she starts eating food from one of the... No, she starts, she starts eating, eating a live eel. eel. Yeah. yeah. Uh... <laughs> Definitely want to drive that point home. Yeah. She is infected by the, the riot symbiote. Well, people get mad at her. She kills a lot of people. And then targets this old lady. And now Riot is in control of this elderly Vietnamese yeah. kid. Who's, who's holding herself up with a fucking cane. But as soon yeah. as this as soon as Riot takes control, she just stands upright and starts walking. And then, the six months later, she's at an airport. How the fuck does it take six months to get to the airport? Because, as we see in in this film, uh, the symbiotes read the minds of the host and stuff. And maybe you can argue, okay, she didn't, uh, the Riot symbiote didn't know enough from the paramedic or from the very short time it was in uh, Jameson III. But, if it spent six months in this elderly woman, and remember, 
These symbiotes kill most of their hosts because they're feeding off of them. that. That's the other big driving point is, you know, in, in, in another part of the movie, we see uh, days in host when they're putting other uh, symbiotes in human trials. Yeah. Uh, the longest one we saw was four days. And after like the, on the fifth day or something, it, it, Killed the guy. Yeah. Well, even Eddie Brock himself, they they uh, they point him out as a perfect host, and even later they it gets revealed that Venom's feeding off of him. So if he's yeah. the perfect host and he's still getting killed by the symbiote, what the fuck? You know. So somehow this old lady walks for six months and then happens upon an airport, no. but knows enough to get on a plane. Or, now, in, now, or see, infect a little girl in the bathroom. Here, here's the only way that I can justify this. And like we were talking earlier, we as the people watching this movie have to put a lot together mm-hmm. for things to make sense. So yeah. the only thing I can think of is during this whole time, the only reason that, that Riot was able to survive and not eat this lady from the inside out was on the journey, continuing to kill and eat other things. Maybe. And other people. But, and yeah, like you said, we were talking about this early. This movie requires you, not maybe kind of nudges you, not uh, gives you a few tools, but requires you to fill in the blanks for yeah. anything to make sense. And because, you know, it you is could... not going to give you the little details. And. It almost like it holds itself in Avengers uh, Infinity War regard, where that had 10 years of movies to build up to this moment and didn't have to hold your hand. Whereas this is the first movie in what is supposed to be its own franchise. It probably should have held our hand a little bit more. Just a little. Put a little bit more into it. But but the thing, and that's, but that's not... Here's another one of the issues... Is that okay, are you well, jumping ahead of it? Can we get no, to this later when we're talking no, about like the this? Okay. This directly goes into, as we said, Riot. Then, okay, you see in the airport, she comes up an escalator, spots a little girl. You know that she's like, okay, that will make a suitable host now. Mm-hmm. So the little girl goes into a bathroom, and the old lady follows in. You yeah. can assume what happened from there. Now, from there. This little girl gets on an airplane, seemingly by herself. As far as we know. Gets off of the airplane, seemingly by herself. Gets a taxi, seemingly by herself. And shows up to the Life Foundation by herself. Yeah, and this leads us into the next part of the plot. Because Eddie Brock's life has fallen apart. He's a bit of a drunk, a louse, and shit like that. Uh, can't get a job anywhere. Although, he's, like, throwing 20 bucks at homeless people. Like, you can't pay your fucking bills, but you got a 20 on you. I've been in can't pay your bills bill. And, you're not gonna give a 20 Yeah, you're not dropping a 20. Paper. Yeah, I don't care how good a heart you are. You, It's not that you don't want to give it to them. You don't have it on you. So, so uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, moving forward from that. He he gets ambushed by Doctor Lady whatever Doctor Kurtz Doctor Dora Kurtz Dora Kurtz Why Skirt. do you know her so well? Because I looked her name up. But you knew it earlier too. Well, the only reason that I knew her name was Dora was because I'm like, 
the fucking door of the explorer in this yeah movie. i guess that is a that is a good uh, correlation there good numeric device if you will but <laughs> pneumatic. yeah pneumatic pneumatic really numeric is numbers i've always heard it numeric device anyways she she ambushes him uh because all of these symbiote tests which by the way uh again we've jumped six months later and they're doing shit that you like with test animals that should have been like day one shit now on the maybe flip side not, of that, maybe I can, not day one, argue maybe month one. Well, because they're on rabbits at that point. So maybe they've worked their way through mice Six and months rats. to get to fucking rabbits. You know, they could they could have spent because a month it seems or two like just they go, studying the symbiote. Well, they go from fucking rabbits to, it seems like, in the same week, human trials. No, it's so. not even the same week. They, after the rabbit thing, they say start human trials. Yeah, probably the right next day. There. Yeah, so uh, you know, so arguably because because this, of what they discover with the rabbit is why they push forward so quick from there. And another thing with Nem is that he he is so recklessly pushing forward these advancements to, in the trials. You are not going to sell me that it took him five months to get from simple testing to rats to rabbits which by the way rabbits aren't the thing you test on if you're wanting to get to human trials you test on rats i mean fuck i didn't even know uh a pneumatic device but i know that okay <laughs> come on so, <laughs> so i mean so maybe is, the symbiotes were too big for rats i don't know but she she gets uneasy about the whole thing killing all the the test subjects and stuff so she seeks him out and sneaks him into this building which brings me back to the little girl it is so fucking easy to get into this like high security well, life foundation thing run by a supervillain, a very paranoid now, guy a very protective guy i disagree who destroyed because... he destroyed eddie brock's life because of like a half-assed non uh backed up mention in an interview that never went to print okay you're, you're telling me he's not gonna spring for a few extra fucking security cameras no, listen when when she brought Eddie Brock in, he was laying down in her back seat, hidden. Yeah, they had to go through that gate. Then any time they went to go, when they went to go inside, she had to scan her hand. She had to scan her hand to open. Yeah, up the but thing. like there were hand scanners it. everywhere. They've got to, no. They they've got they have this stuff everywhere. That's why I want to know how yeah. this little girl got in because they had yeah. security measures. How did this little girl get through all these security measures? And then, and then. Well, now when, here's here's how the little girl got in, but we never saw it. We never saw it. This is me filling in the fucking blanks <laughs> for the movie. She killed guards and used their handprint to get in. That's the which, only thing that could have happened. Which, which, how does this fucking alien know how this technology works when she's only been in, like, two Hong Kong people? She's she's been in a, a little girl. Uh, like, how does it know? Yeah, how does it know to get so, into this fucking so there's building? That and then when she approaches, when she approaches him, he's just like, "Are you lost, little girl?" Yeah, and, I mean, uh, <laughs> almost word for word. That is not your reaction. This little girl just snuck into your high security, uh, like. Uh, fucking prison basically you know, i i understand that they do tours because we we saw oh yeah but this is the tour. middle of the fucking night right it's the middle of the night 
Now, if a little girl would have gotten lost during a tour, she still would have had a badge. Yeah. Or something. Something. She would have been accounted for. It would have been addressed before that point in the night. Shittiest reaction. But we've gotten ahead of ourselves. Uh, She sneaks Eddie Brock into the Life Foundation. Again, too easily. That's another problem with this film, is that things happen too easily. The breakup happened too easily. The fucking getting into Life Foundation happens too easily. And getting into Life Foundation, Eddie Brock is taking these photos and stuff. When he happens upon the homeless woman we mentioned that he gave 20 bucks, that he has obviously a small rapport, although it would have been nice to see more than just one interaction, but yeah. whatever. Well, uh, the, there was the moment where he walks by where she's normally at and he looks concerned that she's not there. Uh, because oh, he, wow, he I missed went, that. Was he, that when I went to the bathroom? You may have after went to the bathroom for that. <clears throat> I'm no, not, because not sure. I went to the bathroom after the car chase when he you, already has the Venom symbiote, which yeah. he gets from the homeless woman that we so, were just alluding to being locked up in the, the life bank. Because he goes to get a new... This is after they've started human testing. Yeah. He goes to get On one of the four unfortunate people. Yeah. Uh, he goes to get one of the newspapers, notices there's papers in there, and that she's not in her normal spot. Her okay. stuff is there, but she's not, and he looks concerned. Fuck. I See, I'm already forgetting things in the movie, because I had to have been in the theater for that point. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah you did. I totally missed so, that. <laughs> or forgot but, about it, yeah. But yeah. anyways, he, he sees her, he recognizes her, she's calling for help from him, so he breaks her out of the cell with a... And she attacks him. Yeah, she attacks him. The symbiote jumps from her to him. This symbiote is Venom. Right. And so I think we have a little bit of a time jump because we never see him escape from the Life Foundation. Yeah, we it did. Just, no. No, yeah. there's no escape. He, where were you for this? Wait a minute. Because this was the whole, like, this was one of the great acting points for Eddie Brock, or for Tom Hardy. Because as he's escaping... Uh, he, he's, as he's leaving a guard spots and he starts running, uh, because he's like busting metal security doors down. Oh, that's right. He kicks the door. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. He, like, he's running through the woods. He, like, he goes to jump over this fence. That's right. The first thing that we see, which I thought was really fucking cool, is he's coming down this, this exit way and he jumps onto the wall to punch this guy. And when he jumps onto the wall, he, like, cracks the this concrete block wall when he jumps on it to punch this guy. And that was that was when and he realized, like... And, again, the good acting here. He seems confused yeah, by the action, like but he knows he, got, he has to go. Well, the thing is, is you can tell that he's realizing he's not completely in control of himself. Yeah. Because he's surprised by his actions. Yeah, he's it, doing and even he's the going. running through that hallway, it seemed like... Uh, and like automatic can, rather than yeah like it's a natural it's reaction. responsive it's yeah. reflex almost and when he he kicks down that metal door like i mentioned he looks back at it, he's like like yeah, taken yeah, aback yeah. by the fact that he just did that anyways this leads us through a chase in the woods he eventually escapes up a tree and the next thing we see he's coming back home uh uh what is it oh he's trying to get a hold of the his Dora. Yeah, he's trying to get a hold of Dr. Dora when these guys show up. to ch- And this this brings us into the first really cool action piece. Yeah. Because... Now, we've got some clips of this in, in the in trailers. In the trailers, for sure. But the way they carry this out, there there is this move 
where I think the tendril comes out of his back and he does this spin that wraps up the guy's arm and then he elbows him in the face and punches another yeah. guy. It's just very well choreographed. It's, it's well choreographed. The, very fluid. Very fluid. Um, very, very fluid. And th- there was another one where he he grabs one of them, like with tendrils out of his back, and does like it flips him over into a into one of the guys that's about to shoot him. Mm-hmm. And then like they bail he bails out a window and goes into another apartment. Which this was kind of the first scene of you can't really call it web slinging because it's not web slinging he has never met Spider-Man I feel like this was the only web slinging where he he sends out a tendril it grabs a hold of like the railing on a balcony and he comes through a window into someone's like small living room gathering of like four or five people yeah these guys are shooting in the window it just shoots this shield out the window to block all the bullets so I mean, we see a lot of the the useful abilities that the symbiote has to offer mm-hmm. without even becoming the full suit. And this leads us into that mostly boring car chase. Like all the interesting stuff in this car chase we saw in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, and then the rest is all just fucking filler, and it's way too long. Like and... one one of the parts that I really did enjoy was. Uh, as Eddie started to be like, okay, this is actually kind of cool. And, like, they're coming to that, he's like, dead end, and then the voice from him is like, not for us, and reaches forward and grabs a hold of this railing that's about to end the road, Mm -hmm. and just pulls the motorcycle over it, and the cars kind of bust through it, they're going down that hill. Yeah. Like, I thought that was... Because that was fun. If nobody knew, this does take place in San Francisco. There's a lot of hills. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of scenes built for that. Uh, because as you pointed out to me, which I, I don't believe I was aware of, and I haven't even read this comic, but uh, <laughs> this film is largely based off of Lethal Protector, which takes place in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, after that, fuck, what does happen after that? Because uh, I went to the bathroom as soon as the car chase scene was over. At, at the end of that, of the chase and everything, is when we finally get the first image of Venom as... Yeah. You know, full venom. He he looks like he's about to eat the one guy. Yeah, Someone we saw that. Him, and he turns around, bites that guy's head off, and then just starts leaping. We saw away. most of that in the trailer. The, the only thing: spleen, that... heart, lungs, all that, pancreas, all that. Yeah, which again, you pointed yeah, out straight was, out of the Lethal Protector. Uh, no, that was straight out of uh, Amazing Spider-Man three seventy four. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, like word for word quote. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of great elements actually pulled from the comics when yeah, it comes to cool them. little nod. So, you know, going through the movie, uh, at that point, the main driving force for probably the next half hour, 45 minutes is, well, not even that long. I'd say maybe mm-hmm. half hour. Yeah. The plot driving force is Nim wants the symbiote back. Yeah. She He finds out that it's Eddie Brock that has it because, you know, he makes Dora tell him. Yeah, he corners he her, her with yeah, the symbiote. Yeah. And all that, which, now, when all of this happens, there are four symbiotes. Yeah. Uh, well, Amanda, yellow, blue, 
Yeah. There's Riot, and then there's Venom. And we, we have seen previously during the testings that the symbiotes can't survive without a host. And I guess... In an oxygen-rich environment. Yeah. Well, the first one that we see, quote-unquote, dead is the yellow one. Because yeah. the host died and then the symbiote... One of the photos in which Hetty takes when he infiltrates yeah. the Life Foundation. So, and then that inadvertently happens with the blue one, because he unleashes that one on Dora, it ends up killing her, and then the symbiote dies because no one was around when it happened. Right. Uh, which sets him to wanting to keep Eddie Brock alive to get the symbiote and all this because of the perfect host. Uh, shortly thereafter, the riot ends up showing up yeah. uh, and bonding with him, which, that there again, that appears to be... Yeah, no, a, right after he kills Dora, that's when the little girl shows up. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and then that appears to be another, like, perfect bond. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, we see a lot of the same elements of the... And, and I love how they did that with, like, when they're talking to the symbiote, how the little, the head comes around and is mm-hmm. having a conversation with them. That's straight from the comics. And... And throughout these uh, these trials and us learning more about Nem and stuff, we find out that his motivation is to save the human race from themselves because apparently, and they even say this at one point, we're like a decade away from... A generation from, is how they put it. Oh, right? yeah. It, well, I, I feel like they said a decade at one point, but uh, <laughs> that could just be one of the more forgettable parts of the movie. <laughs> Anyways, we are so fucking close to being an uninhabitable planet, and so uh, he's wanting to save us from ourselves or whatever, but they never explain how... Or exactly why. It's just a, we're going to kill ourselves. Somehow. Yeah. I, I That's mean, good enough. One of the things they mention is like, uh, overpopulation and... Yeah, yeah. They, they mention they, a couple of things. Uh, like they, things that we all know. They pin it on the obvious culprits and shit so, and stuff. But, like, stuff that's not a generation away, guys. Like, a good 200 years away from killing us. Yeah. Unless the permafrost melts, then we're fucked. But anyway, <laughs> that would take decades as, as well. So, yeah. moving on. Uh, you know... So now this is where everything starts to get fast. Are you starting to get fuzzy on the chain of events? Because I am a little bit, but at the same time, it's like they it picks up so fucking quick from there. Yeah, because one of the next things we see is Eddie's trying to give his phone to the network. Yeah, the network that fired him, and then we get that great fight scene in the lobby. Oh yeah, 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 and that that was a lot of fun. To me, that's that's one of the most fun scenes in the movie because there's a lot of action it's a very like there's what i I, i'd wager probably 30 plus armed guards or something like that personnel uh that pop up in this lobby when he's leaving the building and they start the they throw smoke grenades and he catches them and busts them oh yes and they just start trying to shoot and find and everything, and he's just taking them out under cover of this smoke. And then, but they kind of start gaining the upper hand because they start using flashbangs on him. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and if you're not aware, symbiotes are very sensitive to fire and sound. 
So, you know, using a flashbang is going to affect him. So at that point, like, he's got a lot of them taken out. Uh, and he kind of makes an escape. No, he takes the rest of them out, and that's when Anne shows up. And he's like, she's just like, get in the car. We're going to the hospital now. And yeah. Like, all of a sudden, um, did you just fucking see what happened? Lady, there's no hospital that can help this dude. Yeah. So, uh, you God, know, that damn. whole series of events uh, happens. That's when, um, you know, that she blasts the, the MRI machine to separate Eddie and the symbiote when they yeah. find out that he is slowly eating Eddie. Yeah. Uh, and Eddie they, they gets do caught separate... by the guards. Yeah. Really and then up. the symbiote has, oh, the symbiote. He goes through a vent. He goes through a vent. But we never see him attached to Anne. She just shows up later. Well, okay, Here, here's how that happened. He comes out of a vent and attaches to the dog. That's right. Oh, to my the God. He's yeah. walking through the, the hospital. stupid and the dog... dog we see one time earlier in the film. Yeah. That's a little annoying. Because it's barking at Eddie uh, because yeah. of the symbiote. Because the symbiote is So stupid. he has taken over this dog, walks through the hospital, finds Anne... And, and you see Anne making eye contact with this dog, and then the dog's eyes do the symbiote thing. So here's what I'm it. thinking. Because Anne's not just going to take on that symbiote right in the middle of the hospital. Does she walk the dog outside to, like, an alley, and now that dog is just wandering the streets of San Francisco? I don't know. Like, uh, that, there again, <laughs> that's another one of those, like... That's a deleted scene that yeah. I would like to see. Yeah, we like we don't see when the, the symbiote attaches to her. We just like later uh, you know because what? how does Eddie Brock escape? Because he uh, no, he doesn't it? escape uh, because he doesn't have the symbiote. Uh, Riot and the the guy they're like, we have no use for you, and they tell the guy to. Take care of him. Oh, so they take him out to the woods. That's right. They take him out to the woods. You have a whole facility there full of dead people that you've killed. You obviously have a way of dealing with these bodies. Why are you walking this dude out to the middle? Of you could have killed him right there in the chair he was sitting in. Yeah. Uh, but they walk him out to the woods. <laughs> and yeah. then that's where she shows up wearing the symbiote. Which was... which. I thought was it was it cool good. to it, see a female very, symbiote, uh, but it was still dumb because it brings her in and uh, he gets the suit back and now shits in full force. Like even though they just had like, yeah, it seems like Eddie got way over the whole the symbiote trying to kill him thing pretty fucking quickly. He just automatically accepts the symbiote back right away. Well. That wasn't necessarily one of those he automatically accepts it back. It's that they kissed and the symbiote just went back to Oh, him. yeah. Yeah. There's this whole makeout scene with Tom Hardy and a female symbiote as the symbiote goes from her to him. It's really weird. And, and <laughs> they have a little argument in the woods about how she needs to just stay away. Maybe it's <laughs> so from there the the rest of the driving point of the movie is riot wants to bring back the the symbiote because there are millions of them on this asteroid that they had brought those four samples back from yeah so they want to bring them back to basically take over planet earth and venom has more or less like because of custom and likes Eddie like, and he likes Anne and he wants to now protect the human yeah. race. 
again, he has changed his mind so quickly. A real fucking pivot here. Yeah, well, I mean, it like, seems to happen straight up, yeah. 180 compared to like an like 45 minutes earlier, uh, maybe even less than that. Less well, than definitely that. less than that. So, uh, you know, they yeah. decide, you know what? They have a pretty much zero chance of stopping Riot, but they're going to do it anyway. Yeah, because now because Riot has decided quote, to sin. He's got shit you've never seen. That's what Venom says to Eddie Brock. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. and. Being a PG-13 movie, they can only say fuck one time. And I feel like they used it well. They used it appropriately. I'll give them that. Venom and uh, Eddie, they're having a a small conversation real quick about stopping Riot. He's like, what are their chances? chances? Yeah. Uh, Pretty much zero. And he's like, what do you mean? This guy's got shit you've never even seen. And he's like, fuck it, let's do it. Yeah. And I'm like, Uh, that... That was Eddie Brock. Yeah. That was completely Eddie Brock right Long there. story short, though, they're on the launch pad. We get probably uh, the best, I don't know about the best, but a good fight scene where we could, like, and we would, had talked about this during the last uh, uh, trailer. I was afraid that there was going to be too much, like, too weird much going on. tendril mixture type shit. And they draw the fight out gradually. It starts as like uh, it's kind of a fist fight. Going at it, like... Then some of the powers come into play, and then before you know it, it's just like broken up chaos. Before and Riot then, right? ingests Venom and yeah. Eddie Brock, uh, Venom and Eddie Brock get away. They end up fucking up the ship and blowing up Riot and them. And uh, boom, day is saved. Venom, Venom saves Eddie Brock by sacrificing oh, himself that's a, to oh, the fire. Quote unquote, sacrifices himself. Yeah. So, Which we find out. He's like, goodbye, and Eddie. Again, again, we have this whole like sacrificial scene, and then we see Eddie is talking to Anne on on a stoop, and then during the progression of the scene, we find out that Venom is still with him. We don't know how Venom survived. We don't know when they met back up, but Venom survived. Uh, then we get our Stan Lee cameo, uh, which is the only tie that could potentially put this in the MCU because yeah. he said he directly recognizes that there's two personalities in that body, yeah. which could mean that this is still Stan Lee the Watcher. But, uh, yeah, then that ends. We have a conversation about Eddie Bra between Eddie and the Venom, and about who he can and cannot hurt, and maybe potentially eat. Possibly. Possibly, maybe. Uh, then, then I like how the... they have that conversation, and then when he goes yeah. into this convenience store and encounters the, the guy from earlier in the movie, he confronts him, we get that other scene from the trailer where he... Calls it, which you know, they're walking in broad daylight, and then they're like, uh, Venom's like, I'm hungry, and he's like, I know a place, and they walk over to this place, and then when he leaves that place, it's pitch black dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's where we get the fucking turd in the wind scene, and if you want to see it, just watch the trailer. Yeah. It's it's in there, but uh, just up and decides, you know what, you can eat this guy. It's fine. Yeah, we we uh, and that's our film. Uh, we we get we two get end credit scene. scene. The mid credit scene, we see that Eddie Brock has gone to interview Cletus Cassidy, mm-hmm. played by uh, Woody Harrelson, obviously setting up the next film. We'll see if we get there. Right. But uh, 
Which was alright. The hair was ridiculous. It was, but like I pointed out, the hair was actually one of the very comic accurate things in the movie. That's... <laughs> but no, here's the thing about being comic accurate. Just because you've got red, somewhat curly hair on the character doesn't mean it's comic accurate. Because guess what? The hair looks good on the character in the comic. It looks like a goofy fucking wig in the movie. <laughs> So, yeah. the only way for it to be truly comic accurate is if I believe that's his fucking hair. I feel like he's going to pull a Gene Hackman Superman the movie, and at the very end of the next film, he's going to pull off the red hair, and he's actually been bald this whole time. <laughs> like, uh, But then we move on to our end credit scene, which is not tied into the Venom movie at all. It is an extended scene for Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which... I don't want to talk about it. I don't either. Let's not, you know, actually, let's not spoil it. Say, don't yeah. say anything Really, about it. really great scene, though. Really cool. If you want to see it, go see Venom, which, as much as we've shit on it, and I'm... Uh, I, yeah, I'm I don't even know if I'm going to buy this one. I really don't. If, I, if it's cheap, like five bucks is as It'll, much more as I'll commit to this film. I'd say within six months of it coming out, you'll probably be able to get the Blu-ray for maybe ten bucks. I don't even want the Blu-ray. Fuck it. I'll just buy it on What DVD. I want is an extended cut. I want uh, something. Yeah, but that's bullshit. It. See, here's the thing. That shit should already be in the movie. It Fuck should. you. It should already be in the movie. Stop doing the extended cut bullshit because that should have been the movie I paid to go see in theaters. Yeah. That that may have been the... No, it wouldn't have been. There's still way too much bullshit in this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I would say see it because it is something to be seen. If the next movie is actually really great, you're going to regret not having seen this one. I don't know. Check it out, but go see a matinee because that's what we saw. We saved some money there. Uh, I yeah. am not upset that I spent the money on it, and uh, I actually paid you back for covering me yeah. on some stuff, and uh, so I had to give you that money one way or another. So all around, everything I spent on this movie, not upset about it. I'm just like, God, they could have done better. They could have. Really I, I agree with that. But at the same time, you know, this is the Venom movie we have, and it still needs to be supported no, see, if no, we no, want no, to get better. No, 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 no. See, they, that cannot be an acceptable thing anymore. If if this were in the day and age of where this shit was like water in the desert, I'd agree with you. But we're, we're in, in a superhero rich. Yeah, we media. we are in a vibrant time of superhero content, not just movies, but TV shows and video games and everything. There is a standard now. You have to live up to a certain code, and you can't well, just make this you know shit what? the way that they used to. Excluding uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, I'd say this lives up to Sony standards. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you rating this movie, Odo? Out of, out of you 10? Know, I, I, I think I'm still going to sit. I, I am happy to sit at a 7. I'm wildly surprised at your seven because that you have given better movies sevens before <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> you can't remember them, can you? I see, I see you sitting there going, trying to go through the roller decks. <laughs> I'm giving this thing like a four point five, maybe five. See, here, here's my thing: is I translate the the ten into a five. And I always translate a five. I, I always... I don't it. understand whatever you I just don't, said. You know what? You know what? 
When the only thing I can enjoy is the fact that Tom Hardy is a good actor, which I knew before this, yeah. and the fight scenes, like, you you pushing for the five. Like, please don't, like, don't get on my nerves anymore, because I'll, I'll drop you down to a 3.54. I don't care. <laughs> like, really. Uh, it, it's got, like, fucking pixie sticks for foundational material. <laughs> uh, okay, guys. I think... That, that's probably going to do it for us on this one. Like this episode if you liked it. Subscribe if you loved it. If you're on YouTube, don't forget to hit that bell below if you want to know when the newest videos go up. Comment your thoughts on any of today's stories. If you saw Venom, let us know what you knew, uh, what you thought about it in the comments down below. And also, I would love it if we got some commentary going on uh, the phone booth news. If there was anything in phone booth news that you want to talk about, I will respond to your comments. Uh, I cannot say the Alpha Spectre will. I really wish I could get these guys to do that more, but... I mean, hey. I get the notifications, and I always see the comments that come up. It's just... You, you actively... I don't have anything to really You respond. actively choose not to talk to people. Most That's of fine. the time, most of the time, if I'm going to make a comment, it's going to be something contradicting what, like, what someone else has just said. Right. Uh, and of course, guys, please share this episode on social media. My name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human. James Odell, Alpha Spectre. And cue that pretty much outro music. Oh, disappointing. <laughs>